Welcome to Politically Enraged, the Lefty's Refuge. Politically Enraged is a podcast purpose-built to discuss British and international disunity in political spaces, talk through ideas, introduce you to amazing people, and fight back against authoritarianism. My name is David Moo, I'm your host, and I hope you'll stick with us. Follow our Twitter at Political Rages, find us on Instagram and Coffee at Politically Enraged, and let's speak truth to power. Hello and welcome to Politically Enraged, the lefty's refuge for a solo episode populated purely by me and many of the multiple personalities I've developed by trying to hold together an internet persona whilst trying to be taken seriously as a journalist. It's going swimmingly, said one of the voices. Today's a bit of a random episode I decided to film based off of some things that came out of my last podcast episode with the wonderful Joris, who is just fantastic to listen to, and you should definitely be following him internet-wide because he's brilliant. But it's something that I've been thinking about for a very long time, and it's also something that I've written about extensively. We're facing a really big problem in UK politics, and I know, hold your no shit, David, till the end, please, because this is a little bit more complicated than just our government shit. I guess since time immemorial we've always been told that if somebody breaks the rules or if somebody does something bad or if they're not good at a job then you know they'll face recompense. Now I mentioned recently the place where I used to work and they fit this weird exception to the rule. There were a lot of people who were employed there who kind of limped on and limped on and limped on even though they weren't great at the job but That, to me, was always an outlier. Other places I'd worked at, especially because I worked in recruitment, which is, everybody knows, a cutthroat business, people tended to come and go really quickly. If people sucked at the job, they were straight out of the door. There was a very well-established rule book for what constituted being good or bad at the job. You brought in money, or you did compliance well, you listened to instructions, all of the things you'd expect. It's, It's all fairly commonplace. There's no real surprises there. But that's where this government's just so confusing. It seems to me like the only reason that people are in their jobs is that they are unfettered in their obsession with Boris Johnson. Look at the front bench, genuinely. Let's start with the Rwanda demander herself, Pretty Patel. She's never been particularly good at the job. Everybody thinks that she sucks. The police union literally wrote a letter to her and Boris Johnson in late 2020 saying they'd lost confidence in the government in being able to back the police. She's been Home Secretary twice. The first time she was asked, politely, to step down because she was holding unauthorised meetings with foreign powers, which is, you know, like, I can't say this enough. Kind of like espionage. She's cost the UK taxpayer quite a lot of money because we had to foot the bill for the settlement for the fact that she bullied someone. Six figures of British public tax money that went into the back pocket of someone that got bullied out of the job by Priya Patel. That's that's not good. But, I mean, let's inch further down the bench and look at human-shark hybrid Dominic Raab. The man is only famous for making gaff after gaff of unrepentant twaddlery every time he does an interview. He's called the British public feckless and lazy. He's got a no-speaking order on one of his old members of staff for things that we obviously don't know about, but I'd very much like to. And the guy apparently thinks that the Human Rights Act is too generous and wants to strip it back by rewriting it. That's not a terrifying prospect at all! Especially from a man who looks like he's always just containing the rage beneath. My good friend Femi was in London the other day and he ran into Kwasi Kwarteng and when Kwasi Kwarteng realised who Femi was, he refused to literally speak to him. 
Nothing quite like a publicly funded person refusing to speak to a member of the public, is there? Do I even need to get into what happened with Gavin Williamson? The guy was given a knighthood for services for... Shh, don't talk about the bad stuff. And of course, you all knew I was going to move on to finding Dorries. Nadine Dorries is thicker than frozen cadmium. Some people say that Nadine Dorries couldn't organise a piss-up in a brewery, but that's not true. All she has to do is... arrive. Because she's permanently pissed. But the point that I'm trying to get at here in this lurid little chat about the Tory front bench is that they are all talentless. They're all shit at their jobs. None of them has been particularly good at anything except for aggravating the British public who are actually even slightly aware of what they're doing. And the fact remains that the reason that they're in that position is because they back Boris Johnson. Now, to be somewhat fair to the Tories, the reason that this is is because politicians in this country are insane. They go through this weird proscripted education and then they go into politics and they think it's a game they have no idea or expertise in what they're actually doing except Nadine Dorries is actually an ex-nurse but isn't anything to do with the NHS mind you I dread to think what would happen to the NHS under the hands of Nadine Dorries but still they're all including Keir Starmer and you know a few people from Labour they're all like lawyers and all of these big haughty professions where's the teachers that are in charge of education where's the doctors that are in charge of the NHS where is the common sense but that is very much a topic for another day. The point is that we have people in charge right now who are not good at their jobs and who keep doing fuck up after fuck up after fuck up and we're forced to just accept it. Why? Because that's the way we've always done it here in the UK. And that is the type of logic that makes me want to gently peel off my own eyelids. But it's also indicative of a bigger problem. We have a bunch of people in charge who will shuffle around the cabinets and do all of these things, but none of them brings any actual expertise to their own positions, which is probably why the UK is in the sorry state that it's in. Because if you're not an expert in finance or economics or nursing or education or whatever it is that you're in charge of at the time, and you're in charge of it, it's probably not going to do very well, unless you are extremely adept at understanding things that you had no understanding of before. I mean, for Christ's sakes, the guy that's in charge of the NHS, a socialised healthcare system, is an ex-banker. Not to mention, let's look at Rishi Sunak, one of the richest people in the UK is in charge of the economy. Sounds like a good idea. He's obviously used to dealing with big sums of money because apparently he can buy God knows how many pairs of sliders. But the guy doesn't know what he's doing with cash because he's always had more than he knows what to do with. And it's all well and good being like, hey, dude, you know what? You've got so much money that you could probably never spend it. Do you want to be in charge of the UK economy? And he's taken it as a challenge to spend as much as he fucking can. You know who's really good at making every last pound stretch? Poor people. So put a poor person in charge of the economy and guarantee you within two years we'd see a hell of a change. I guess what I'm trying to highlight here is that the Tory government is just not very good at what it does because... It's so divorced from our way of life. Even Tory voters, and that's the thing that confuses me. You know, the Tories will turn around and say, we're going to cut higher earning people's tax. And people will be like, yeah, great, I, I earn higher. I'm going to go for the Tories because it means I pay less tax. But if you pay less tax and you earn more money, then less money goes into the system. So there's less money to fix things like roads or to pay for schools or to pay for these 40 new hospitals that are still yet to fucking be pulled out of nowhere. If you vote to pay less tax as a richer person, you are putting less money into the economy. So don't complain when the economy sucks because it's your fault. 
It's all well and good taxing poor people to the hilt, but when poor people earn 18k and therefore get taxed a ridiculous amount, they can't pay into the economy, and there's not much there for them to tax in the first place, is there any wonder that the economy is absolutely fucked? What we are seeing is a complete subversion of the obvious rules that should be in place to make sure that we're a prospering economy and that people are taken care of properly, and that's what's been the problem in this country for a disturbingly long time. But there it is. There's the nub of it all. The rule book, the established rule book that we're supposed to go off. Where the hell is that? Where is it? Let's look at some things that have happened in the past. Margaret Thatcher, deeply unpopular, did some horrific things, won her vote of no confidence, fucked off in embarrassment because she realised that she was a lame duck. And one of the things we hear so often, oh, we can't change power because there's a war on. Oh, we've literally done it before. Seems to me that France held its elections recently with absolutely no problem whatsoever. Not really sure what's going to happen there, mind you, because it looks like Mélenchon's managing to get more popular by the day, even though Macron won again. What are you doing, France? Mind you, anything but Marine Le Pen. I don't know if you saw Marine Le Pen get hit in the face by something the other day. Just putting this out there, but like throwing things at people, no matter how fashy and disgusting they are, is probably not a good idea because they will spin it into a sympathy story. And Marine Le Pen is a tiny little woman, so... Please don't throw things at her, just, you know, never let her see power. What I'm trying to get at in this very rambly and circuitous, very different recording than I'm normally doing, is that there used to be this idea that if someone did something wrong, or if someone was shit at their job, or if someone just wasn't liked by the people that they represented, then there was an established sequence of events that would take place that would remove them. But the Tories aren't playing by that rulebook, and they haven't been playing by that rulebook for a, a really long time now. But we still are, and this is what's getting really annoying, and it definitely comes from inside. I've been thinking about this for a while, but Joris really crystallised it last week. It's all well and good me sitting here and telling you about all the ridiculous things that the Tories do. You know, I, I've just done a video talking about how ridiculous PMQs was today, because I'm currently recording this on Wednesday the 15th of June. If you listen to Johnson today, he says things are bad that he's done. Don't create trade barriers. You literally created trade barriers. Labour's the party of tax rises. You literally did tax rises. It goes on and on and on, and it, it's just indicative of dealing with Boris Johnson and, and listening to him in PMQs. It's, it's so frustrating, but it's also just part and parcel of, of dealing with someone like Boris Johnson. And Joris was right, you know, um, Tory's gonna Tory is exactly what he said. So we shouldn't really, like, we continue to be outraged and then try and foist outrage on people that, that don't feel it. Boris Johnson doesn't care that I think he's disgusting for endorsing the Rwanda policy really enthusiastically, neither does Priti Patel. None of those people on that bench care. They're all delighted that we're focusing on that instead of any of the attacks on our democracy that they've done, removing our rights, criminalising protest, making sure gypsy Roman traveller people suffer. The Tories are absolutely incandescent with glee that we are focusing on everything else and trying to maintain the old system, which they've just completely scrapped. I don't know how we go about fighting it, and I guess that's why I'm making this podcast, really. Like, I'm trying to float the idea out there for people who are much more politically literate and smarter than me to kind of think about an antidote to what's going on, or like how to create a new rule book, a new playbook. If you can't make someone that's a piece of shit realise that they're a piece of shit or care that they're a piece of shit, you need to stop calling them a piece of shit. 
Boris Johnson does not give a fuck. He doesn't care about the people that suffered and died under his reign. He doesn't care about the fact that he betrayed the British public with everything that he did during Partygate. He doesn't care that the economy is absolutely shagged and that people are suffering. You know, he'll throw out all of his little pithy lines and he'll speak Latin in the Houses of Parliament and do his silly little interviews about how white cheese in the fridge. You know, that's what he does. And he's not going to change. And we continue to do this thing where we're like if we just say the same thing if we say how disgusting he is and how appalling he is and how bad he is and how nasty he is eventually you know something will change and it won't and i just don't know how we go about changing this system i don't know how we look at what boris johnson does right now and how we fight back against it any other human being well not any other human being donald trump exists but Lots of human beings out there who were in Boris Johnson's position, who could do Boris Johnson's position, would step down in shame if they'd done half of the things that he's done. But he hasn't, and he won't, and yet we continue to try and hold him to standards that he doesn't have for himself. Boris Johnson is an appalling Prime Minister. He's a t tremendously bad politician. He's not a half-bad journalist, if you don't, you know, mind reading lies, but he hasn't stuck to his strengths. The guy's bludgeoned his way into the Houses of Parliament and we're going, you're wrong and bad for doing these things. And he's like, yeah, okay. So what? What? It doesn't do anything. We're never going to force accountability with a man that does not care. So the question is, instead of hand in and doing exactly what I've been doing and I hold my hands up and admit this, you know, I, I all I do is make internet content about how shit the Tories are. But what does that do, realistically? Sure, it might spread the word, it might make a few more people aware, but at this point, this far down the line, if people support Boris Johnson, they're always going to support Boris Johnson. They don't care what he does. You remember that speech that Donald Trump did where he said, I could stand on the corner of 6th and asshole and shoot someone and I wouldn't lose a single voter. It was true for him and it's true for Boris Johnson right now. He can stand there. He could stand in the Houses of Parliament and say, I don't give a shit about the British public. I just need to get on with the job and make sure that stuff gets done. And he his numbers wouldn't suffer any more than they are. Because that's how people are wired in this country. They are willing to accept Boris Johnson as he is. And he plays to that. We need to stop with this endless cycle of trying to force accountability on someone that just doesn't care. You can't make someone feel contrite if they don't feel contrition. So the question is, what do we do? For a while now, there's been ideas floating around about how to actually hit the Tories where they hurt, which is tanking the economy. It's a terrible thing, but I think general strikes are probably going to be something that we're going to have to do. I think organising large and small scale protests is something that we are way overdue on. And if I could do that, if I knew how to do that, I would. But I've only got like 38,000 people following me on TikTok, like 10k on Twitter. That's a drop in the bucket. There's 64 million people across the entire of the UK. And we could all be liaising, organising, making mass protests and doing these things. But instead, we've become accustomed to people jumping on the internet and talking about how shit the Tories are. And that does not work. Of course, it still needs to happen. But we have to do more. And I don't know what it is. I, I'm trying so hard to learn. I really do want to make a difference. 
And I would love it if I was one of those people who does, you know, do something tangible to actually make the difference, to make the change, to make things better. But I don't know what I'm doing. And I know that there are other people out there that do. There are other people out there that can make this difference now. That's what we have to do. It's time to start coalescing behind people. And one of the main things that we need to do is stop fighting with each other. I am so bored of saying this. I get it. You don't like Keir Starmer. I'm not a huge fan. I don't think he's brilliant. I think he's terrible. He's just there. He's just Keir Starmer, isn't he? You know, like, there's, there's nothing particularly likeable or dislikable about him. He's just a, a non-entity who fits the Labour leader post. But God, I choose that over a man who will be in the headlines every single week for saying something shitty and insensitive and then refusing to take it back. It's preferable. Is it perfect? No, but I don't care about perfect. I care about just slowing things down. We need to make a big change in the UK. We need a complete reformation of politics. And honestly, I think the abolishment of FPTP and a lot of other things that are coming, hopefully, will do that. But right now, with what we have in place, this system, these people, and I'm including both sides of the aisle here, they just don't seem to work for us, for the human beings that are sat in our homes worrying about paying our bills, worrying about whether we're actually going to get any money for retirement. It seems like we're all being screwed over left, right and centre and that must come to an end. But to do that, we need to work together. And the first thing we need to do is get the Tories out. They are terrible. They are the cause of most of our strife. So when they're gone, we can argue the finer points. But right now, we have to do real tangible things to get them out of power because they are crap. They are so bad at their jobs. It's laughable if it wasn't so serious. So please can we, as a huge coalition of people with different values, please can we figure out how we move forward? Can we stop with the endless hand-wringing and trying to hold people to account for stuff that's awful but that they won't be held to account for? Either we need to physically make them suffer account. I'm not saying that's not threats of violence, by the way. It's making them feel afraid of transgressing against the British people. I don't know how we do it. This is my point. I don't know what to do. I am not a political genius. You know, ask me all this stuff in 2014, I wouldn't have really given that much of a shit. But now, this is my life, and I know that we can do it. There are so many brilliant people in this country whose raison d'etre is this, and way more than me. And I try pretty fucking hard, you know? One thing I will never let people do, you can call me a grifter or a faker or whatever you want, but I work hard at this. I spend my life doing this now. And there's got to come a point where we do get behind someone, someone or a group or whatever and we start to tangibly fight back. I don't want to see another headline about how unpopular Boris Johnson is because it's not going to change anything. He's still going to be there. We have to start doing and I don't know what the stuff we have to do is, but I am open to ideas. So listeners out there, whoever you are, if you have real ideas about how we can affect change now in this country, if you know how we can start making a real change to take these people out of power, I beg of you, step forward and make yourself heard. Rely on other people that have internet platforms. I would step aside and allow someone else to talk their shit if it meant that we were going to do something real to the Tories. Because that's what we need to do. This isn't a vanity project. This isn't a way, it's certainly not a way to make money. As I've said, I am poor as fuck because I have given up everything that I had before to do this. 
But we have to do something realistic to fight back against the Tories and make real change. And in the long term, we need to make sure that we have a voting system and politicians that work for us and remember that they work for us and fear the day that they let us down. Because right now, that's the opposite of what we have. We have people who take glee in misdirection and lies and jingoism and untruth. And that is the death of British freedom. Instead of having people that represent us and fulfil our will, we have people that will tell us what our will is as we tell them the opposite. And that is wrong. To everyone out there who's listening to this, we can and we will make a positive political change. I know we will, because there's people out there that are too fucking amazing at this for it not to happen. But until then, it's really time that we start doing tangible things to fight back against the Tories, because we cannot allow them to continue to sit in the seat of our democracy, whether we even keep it or not after Reformation. We need to do something to stop what they're doing because they are eroding anything that we could ever be that is positive. And I don't know about you, but I, for one, am sick of it. So let's make some positive changes. Thanks for listening to Politically Enraged, a podcast designed to discuss politics palatably. If you're interested in following us on social media, you can find me at David Moo pretty much everywhere. And you can also find us on Instagram at Politically Enraged, where you can see the blog. You can find us on Kofi in case you'd like to caffeinate me. And you can find us on Twitter at Political Rages. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, stay politically engaged and get politically enraged. Because remember, we deserve better. <laughs>